Oh, just as a cold open, I would like everyone to know that I am officially quitting reading because I text you and I don't know if how that's going to affect our podcast, but I'm retiring from reading after this book. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there, there's that. <laughs> <It's not> there. <laughs> I so I guess know. it's going to be a one-woman show from here on out. So. <laughs> it's all Sarah. <laughs> so that's how we're going to start today. Hi, guys. Hi. Welcome to the crime library. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am, I'm Sarah. And I'm Jesse, and that's the first time I've ever done that. <laughs> I know. Look at you opening this show. I was getting ready to, like, do our little usual, and then yeah. you just took it away. I was like, go for it, girl. <laughs> I knew that I wanted to announce that I was quitting, so... Just just so everyone knows, this podcast is now going to be Sarah reading the books and explaining them to me because I can't read uh, books anymore. And it will be me reading the whole book. So yeah. the podcast will oh, probably yeah, yeah, yeah. be about like 12 hours, give or take. We're actually going into partnership with Audible where Sarah just reads me books. <laughs> so if you I want do different books, voices and everything, I get really very good. into she accents. So. She's really good at accents. I'm very lying. She them. sucks. Hardcore. No, I'm so good at them. Let me watch Harry Potter for like an no, hour. And you I and Nick are that. the worst. I, we can't live in oh England. Gosh. I already told you. I him can't even that. imagine Nick's accents because his voice is so deep. <laughs> he goes like, hello, Gavna. <laughs> his favorite one to say for England is in it. <laughs> like, in it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. it's a cold day today isn't it <laughs> it's the worst i've been saying cuppa because that's what they say like they Why? say like do you want a cuppa like just for tea and so like when kyle and i drink tea i'm like can i have a cuppa and he's like <laughs> no but it's what they do and i'm like i, I know I, I think it's the cutest no it's the cutest i love it's it it's not it's not all right so we're Anywho. deflecting because yeah uh it's a, it's a hard book but it's yeah. a good book Let's, yes let's get into yes. the shit yeah what did you think of well first we oh, have right. to say what we read yeah probably. duh <laughs> well we'll just let you guys guess we'll talk about it we'll never say the title or the author and you guys have to figure out what book it was that's also going to be the new segment as well I hate you a little bit. <laughs> anyway the book we're going to be covering is the sun does shine how i found life and freedom on death row by Anthony Ray Hinton and Laura Love Harden. Okay, sorry. It's how I found life, freedom, and justice on death row. Oh, is it? Oh, no. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Mine says different. How oh, I found life, freedom, and justice. Yeah, it doesn't even say on death row. What are you talking about? Mine just says how I found life and freedom. At least in my notes. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, anyways, guys, we're reading The Sun Does Shine. Yeah. We're really, really bad at taglines if you haven't caught up. This one was the worst one yet. Yeah. <laughs> we both anyway. don't know. It was a great tagline. Don't get us wrong. We just suck at them. Either way, it's it's a great book. Don't let the taglines go you up. spoil it for you. <laughs> um, oh, the dedication in this book is to his mother. Yes. We will get there. Yeah. My heart is broken. I might not. I might just run away. You might quit okay. next episode. I might just quit this episode. I okay, don't know well, if I can do it. This is it, guys. <laughs> You've now been warned a couple times. This is the end of our, our podcast. So, <laughs> All right, so All right. let's, uh, let's actually talk about okay, it. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, uh, starting from the beginning, what do you think of the book, Sarah? Oh, my gosh. 
I could, I cannot say enough. How bad did we need this book? Uh, um, it was the, it's almost like a know my name where it's really hard to get through, mm-hmm. but there's so much like joy and inspiration. And as we're going to get to this man, Anthony Ray Hinton is a, he's a shining light in this world. And it comes through on the pages. And I just, I loved, I loved this book. I hated what happened to him and what yeah. he had to go through, but I'm so glad that he's able to tell his story in such a positive way. And what he found from all this time, as we're going to get to on death row, yeah, um, that he still can come out of this with such a positive outlook on life. Yeah. And, and I, I think that like, it's about obviously him being falsely convicted and then sent to death row. And I was extremely humbled because by now, if you've listened, you know, I had no, like not good or bad, just no definite feelings about death row. <laughs> and now, yes. <laughs> the death sorry, no definite feelings about the death because it logically, I was like, I'm against it. And then emotionally I was like, I don't know how I feel about it, but going through this, going through his story, knowing that at the end of the day, the book says uh, one out of every 10. So for every nine, like right, quote unquote, rightful uh, death penalty sentences carry out, there's one innocent person. And we're basically saying their life doesn't matter. Yeah. Humbled me so, so much. Literally while I was reading. I'm officially against the death Yes, that's what I was going to say. While I was reading this, I was thinking that. I was thinking, I wonder if this is making Jesse go back on what she was saying. uh, Like, I... I watched a couple of things on Brian Stevenson, his lawyer, who mm-hmm. uh, the movie Just Mercy is about him. And I want to see that after this. I didn't want to like get their stories mixed up, the right. facts of their stories mixed up. But it's literally about the same thing, a black man in Alabama being wrongfully convicted when there is extreme evidence that he didn't do it and sent to death row. So this is basically what Brian Stevenson, the lawyer, does is fight for yeah. people who are on death row. But he's very much against the death penalty. And watching his TED talk on it, (laughs) I feel like I'm going to cry already just because he says like, it's something that most people aren't aware of. You're not involved in it. So it's not your issue. And that very much like brought me to my place and like made me think we said, I've said a bunch of times, like I'm never going to have to worry about it hopefully. So it's not my thing to worry about, but it's innocent people. And even if it's not, you come to kind of change feelings about the death penalty in general. Yeah. I think, I think my, I do. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've always, right. For as long as always- I can remember been against it. And so much of what he was saying. Yeah. And this was exactly how I thought about it. Yeah. So. He put it into a different perspective for mm-hmm. me that I really, yes. Like it really makes it more. in your face. Yeah. <laughs> when it's the man. Yeah. And there. we'll get to like his thoughts on it later, but yeah, this um, we were just talking about how much we highlighted in this book and this book. is, yeah. And he had someone help him write it, which mm-hmm. I think is amazing because he got to say all these things and have someone help put it in a way where people could walk through his story with him. And yeah. I'm just so glad they did it. I'm grateful for him and his lawyer, Brian Stevenson, and I'm grateful for his writing partner. And I'm grateful that we read this book because honestly, yes. after the Jeff Davis eight, we needed, yeah. we needed something. 
Yes. We needed something to just feel good about. And his story is awful. Oh, it's But him as a person, I'm so glad we got a little bit of his soul to like Mm -hmm. see and just... Like you said, he shines as a human being. So, yes, ten out of ten recommend. Yeah, obviously we recommend. <laughs> we just spent like three minutes telling you we recommend this book. Uh, so, just some like backstory. He, uh, Anthony Ray Hinton. He goes by Ray. He grew up in a coal mining town outside of Birmingham, Alabama. He. And his family, they don't have a lot of money. No, uh, he's one of 10 kids. Yes. And his dad, a lot of them, a lot of people in this town are coal miners. And his dad mm-hmm. was in a coal mining accident. So he was put in an institution. Yeah. And he, they didn't have a lot of money. And there's 10 kids, which is already yeah, insane. Exactly. And they're in, they're a Black family. And they're mm-hmm. in the South. But he really talks uh, about how, for a while, he was kind of unaware of everything happening outside of his little community mm-hmm. because yes. they got to grow up with other families like his and he had a really happy, like peaceful, loving life. Yeah. And he really, him and his best friend, Lester. Yes. Yeah. Him and his best friend, Lester kind of had the same, like they're both their mom's youngest. I think I know he is, but their families kind of mirror each other. Lester's dad isn't around and they have this weird like full love community thing mm-hmm. where everyone is like ha- helping to raise the children and their families are kind of blended and it's just right. it just sounds really nice and amazing yes yes and you could see his love for his mother throughout every single part of this book oh my goodness it was so amazing <laughs> it was so heartbreaking it was and everything. I love my mother, but I'm exactly. like, damn, I wish this woman was my mother. Exactly. His mom. <laughs> when he talks about the lessons that she teaches him, like yes. the things that eventually he comes to question because she's so in her mind, everything is just black and white. Like you do the right thing and you be a good person and life will be good to you. And then they have this thing happen to them that is just awful that neither one mm-hmm. of them can believe it. But I really think he stayed alive for the longest time just because his mom was still alive. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that. Anyways, (laughs) Uh, I'm not ready for that yet, but so he grows up, he is the youngest. He stays home with his mom. Um, And then around the time yet, well, no. So he grows up, he stays with his mom, but he's working in cold mine and he's not Mm -hmm. happy with it. He wants to travel and see the world and he's not getting paid like a large amount of money mm-hmm. so he has no way to like be a traveler or see yes. other things and he says he says that he'd rather be poor in the light than rich in the dark because he says he's like just so tired of going down in that coal mm-hmm. mine never seeing sun people cough up black from right. their lungs and he's just tired of it he's over it like He's just and he's had he had eventually he had an accident, but mm-hmm. he had an accident. He has had his dad taken away from that. Like it's not a safe job being a no, coal miner by any means. So I get that, but he does when he's young make a mistake of going to a car lot, um, yeah, taking a car for a test drive and then not bringing it back, stealing a car. So he gets a little bit of trouble, and I'm not trying to like diminish that, but I understand the reasoning behind it as. as you know, right. you're not supposed to be like, oh, I get why they committed that crime. But 
eventually the guilt of doing this thing and knowing that his mom didn't raise him that way sends him to confess about it. Yes, and he exactly. Serves. He does turn himself in and he yeah. does his time for that crime. Which is and very short and not not that big of a deal. Like, it's not... He didn't hurt anybody. I'm not saying crime is like... Right. Don't you know go I mean? steal cars. But, but in the grand scheme of things that people can do, it's it's mm-hmm. a blip on the radar, really. Yeah. So he's very... Uh, he has morals. Like, I, yes. not everyone would turn themselves in. And exactly. I think that's one of the biggest things that comes from that. It shows you because he talks about how much he loved that car. He said that right. in the two years he had it, it was probably in better condition than when he first drove it off the lot because he loves that car, but he's driving his mom in the car to church yeah. and there and there. And he said him. that he, is yeah, he's getting like physically sick thinking that he's driving his mom around in this car that he knows he got the wrong way. Which I feel and like he does. He comes clean yeah. and we can he relate knows to that. What he did. I think if we did something wrong and we were sitting on yeah, it, like <laughs> exactly. We just his moral compass. It might have, you know, it might have been had some like momentarily like wasn't working, but he definitely knows right from wrong and is able to admit. Yeah, when he does wrong, so he's basically just uh, living his life with his mom after he does this. Uh, after he like makes up the time for stealing the car, he's just loving his life with his mom. He has a new job in a warehouse, and he's just trying to basically like be something different. And he's off of parole in two months, and he's twenty nine. Like twenty nine. I yes. say that now, feeling like it's not that old because <laughs> I'm thirty, and I'm like. I hope I have so much more left in my life. He's 29 and he just wants to, at this point, he's just messing around with girls and like, he doesn't have anyone. So he's just living his life Mm -hmm. and it's about to be ripped out from under him because at this time, (laughs) at this time, there's a series of like robberies that keep happening. There's two for sure. Uh, We never find out who committed these robberies or anything really connected. I tried Googling it. Couldn't. Mm -hmm come up with anything but basically someone or more than one someone was going into businesses after they closed robbing the place and then killing the managers of the place that were there it happened two times and then the third time the man lived he was shot but he lived and eventually this man would go on to say that it was ray who shot at him and robbed him yes so ray is arrested he's just mowing the grass at his mom's house Two police officers come over and they arrest him. And he's literally thinking from day one, which I feel like everyone would. This is going to all go away. They're going to know I didn't do anything. It's not going to be a big deal. This is going to all go away. Like, I feel like anyone in that situation would be like, they made a mistake. They're going to know they made a mistake. I know I didn't do it. So eventually they're going to know that I didn't do it. And not only like, did he just not do it? He had such a sound alibi. Yes. He was working at his job where you had to clock in and get yourself signed in by the security there and then get yourself signed out. Yes. So there was no way, no way he could have. And this, this like robbery burglary was a little bit different because the manager had left and the person that did the crime followed him, held him at gunpoint, made him go back to the restaurant um, and then, you know, then did kind of the same thing, robbed the place and shot the guy who lived. But the car that was seen that 
is follow not race car. It's not race car. It's not race car. Eventually, they even the cops even say it when they see his car. They're like, "That's your car." And right. He's like, yeah. Like, what's it's my it's in my girlfriend's name. Yeah. Car. He thought I think for maybe a second he thought it was gonna come yes, back and be come like back you to know, that exactly. Go back but to his taking the car. There's so yeah. much already that doesn't that make he's sense. Like, they're gonna know this isn't just me. straight up if you were <laughs> at a different place with a sound secure alibi yes. where you could not have possibly done it that should be enough right but it's not but it's not so he gets taken into jail they yeah. find a gun in his house and this becomes literally the glue that holds everything together I'm and it's the not, stupidest glue that i've ever seen in my life it's not real glue but for it's the prosecutors <laughs> <laughs> it's not glue at all. We it's don't like, know what it is. It's, bullshit. it's like the bullshit it's like Dollar Tree, like double sided tape. Tape, yeah. <laughs> good, good That's point. like what it is. Like Dollar Tree. Like, you know, it, it doesn't hold up. It's not the real thing. It's not going to work out well. But they're, they're trying to keep it, anyway. it. They're trying to keep it to stick, but it's just it. It's not. Yeah. There. So they get this gun from his mom's house. So it was his grandfather's gun that hadn't been fired in years. And in like 25 years. One of the officers <laughs> says something about it. Like there's dust in the barrel. Yeah. So that should say we're literally walking you through everything that should say that he didn't do it. But they just keep blowing past all these fucking stop signs. And eventually they charge him with killing. And well, first they charge him with kidnapping. Yes. The night manager who identifies him as the person who did it, which we'll talk about in a second because that blows yeah. my mind. But then they say, well, if he had done this and we have him on this, which they didn't really. But if they're pinning this on him, then by extension, we're going to charge him with the other two. Yes. No because evidence the- at all. The only thing, that's why we're saying this is like tape, because the caliber of the weapon was the same as the one that was used. In the one. In the one. They couldn't even say that all three three bullets from all three crimes match. So they can't even conclusively link these three crimes to charging him with it. Yes. But they're doing that anyway. But because there was this like little like, oh, these guns are the same caliber. We're just going to say he did all three. So we're getting this information. (laughs) But then we start to get to the heart of it, of what it really is. This is Alabama in 1985, and I'm not saying it's light years away now, but it's a little bit different. And he is, so he's riding along with one of these officers, and the man says to him point blank, I don't care if you did it. It's somebody who looks like you. It's one of your brothers, quote unquote. So you're going to get convicted. He says there are five reasons. Uh, The man who was shot was white. You're black. The judge is white. The jury's probably going to be white. What's the fifth one? I don't remember. I don't remember. It has something to do with race. So I don't remember (laughs) what the fifth one is. But all five of these things is basically saying we're putting this crime on you because you're black. Yeah. And then he goes guilty, 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 guilty. guilty, He says conviction. Yeah. Oh, conviction five times. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. So from this point on, and I'm sure he doesn't want to believe that either. He's like, this man's racist, obviously, but no one else is going to be. This right. is the justice like, system. Even if you're like, racist, how are you going to believe that I could be at two places at once? But it just keeps getting worse and worse because he goes to trial. The ballistics expert says that his gun was the gun that fired, at least in the last shooting with the store manager who right. was alive so then that links him to the other two somehow but we don't really know uh-huh. how so the ballistics expert straight up lies and says that it matches a bailiff confe- says that he confessed to him 
outside in the hall when he didn't. So the bailiff straight up lies and says that he confessed to him when yeah, he did Yeah, and he, like, smirks when he's, like, on the stand. Like, this whole time he's telling this, I'm just getting more and more angry. And let's let's state the obvious. We're two white women. We cannot know what it's like to be Black in this country. We can just put the logical things together of this isn't right, that isn't right. Yes. But even still, it blows our fucking minds. And yeah. it shouldn't because sadly it still happens and it happens a lot. Yes. But it's so fucking unbelievable that it's insane. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways. Oh my gosh. Because so we, we could go the, on about that can, like in yes. itself. <laughs> and you just have to you just have to read the book because yeah. we can't explain his experience the way he is, but mm-hmm. it's so educational and so personal and so like I feel like one of the best things we can do to help anyone out that's different from us and we don't know their situation is to read and like understand it. But yeah, so read the book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now back Anywho. from that, that <laughs> off-handed <laughs> thing. So he's going through all this, the ballistics expert, the bailiff, and then we have a friend, kind of. A friend an acquaintance. Of an acquaintance that he once knew where they got into a weird like pissing contest over two yes. sisters that Ray yeah. was being a playboy with Ray, him. yeah, Ray was dating Ray two had sisters his on the slide. <laughs> like, and... He was a man be doing dumb <laughs> shit. He was dating one sister, but seeing the other sister behind their back and, and dumb yeah. shit. And Reggie and, wanted to yes. date one of the sisters, but she, she rejected him. No. Yeah, and I get the feeling he wasn't as smooth as Ray. So you live with that, Reggie. But this man got up on the stand and lied and said that Ray was asking him questions because he worked at one of the restaurants. He worked that was at from. the last one. Yeah. The last Quincy's. one. Mm-hmm. So he worked there and he said that Ray asked him about the time of closing and how much money they kept. Right. Yeah. That's what they asked him. Yeah. So he lied about And it, about the up. manager. About who was working there. Oh, right. 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 Yeah. So he lied straight up. And said that Ray asked them these things. And they did have, like, an encounter where he asked them, like, how's it going and things like that. Yeah, it was, like, a brief, like, oh, how's work? When you run into somebody. Ray and his mom used to go there because Ray played baseball. So after the games, they'd go there and get dinner sometimes. And so he was just, yeah, literally asking, just like, oh, yeah, are you still working there? How's it going? And we should say that this is years after the sister incident. So this man held on to this years after and went to the point of lying in a court of law. Because yes. he got his feelings hurt. Yeah, this is like, t- what, like almost 10 years after? Like, yeah. Ray was young when this was all happening. Yeah. Like. Reggie, <laughs> I hope wherever you are, I hope that you have the worst day, worst year. <laughs> like, Ray has a lot of forgiveness in his heart. He really I know. does. Not at first, and we'll get to that, which I think yeah. is fine. But I don't have forgiveness for Reggie, so. Yeah. He can I know. just go jump Yeah, so he just took this, like, everyday, like, how's the weather type conversation. Mm-hmm. And makes it into something that fits the narrative of Ray going to commit a robbery. Yeah. So at the end of the day, Ray gets convicted, even mm-hmm. though he knows without a doubt there's a huge uh, section where he talks about the ballistics expert being blind and not being able to, um, he's legally blind in one eye. Yeah. The defense expert oh, that they yeah. hire. We should talk about his defense really quick. Oh my God. I oh my. should we should we actually this I don't know that I have the words to do it but <laughs> we'll try just really quick his lawyer is racist and an asshole and basically says to him uh, they're only he's court appointed by the way court, yeah because he doesn't have the money for yes. actual lawyer so this man is like 
oh, they're only giving me a thousand dollars. I make that at breakfast time. Yeah. He doesn't put in any like character witnesses. He doesn't do anything that he anything. has $500 to hire an expert. And then he hires one that's blind, can't figure out the fucking machine. And even though he ends up saying what they need him to say, the they prosecution tear him apart the tears yeah. him apart. And then basically this entire time where he's thinking like, this can't like he's gonna do something eventually right he's gonna like he knows that i didn't do he tries so hard to keep the faith in this man oh for years he tries because again he's still in this mindset of what he was raised in and the right thing is gonna happen if there's truth there people will eventually find it the truth will come out and it just doesn't for him and it's heartbreaking and he has the nerves to say that he needs fifteen thousand dollars mm-hmm from Ray. And this whole time, even after his trial, he <laughs> dragged yeah, basically just keeps going to scam Ray. Even though he knows he's not gonna eventually we find out that he's friends with the fucking prosecutor. prosecutor. Yeah. Who is a piece of straight up shit. Oh my god. Oh my god. Who eventually wrote a book and said he believed Ray was evil and evil di- and was like one of the most conniving killers that he's ever seen. Sarah, I can't. This is why this is part of the reason why we have to stop this podcast because I just can't fucking do it. <laughs> I just can't. So he ends up convicted and he gets sentenced to death. And yeah. I think that I just haven't thought of that moment. And that's probably why yeah. I've never put myself in the position of knowing you have not done it and then facing death by the state. At this yeah. point, that's an electrocution chair. Yeah, they brought back the electrocution chair in Alabama. Because it's fucking Alabama. I have so much shit to say about Alabama. Once we get to the fucking appeals. and I have so... Anyways. I know. It just seems so barbaric. Like... Okay. (laughs) Anywho. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, So, yes. (laughs) Get sentenced to to death. death, And he's transferred to... I think it's Holman prison, right? Holman. Mm-hmm. He's transferred to Holman prison where he spends the next 30 years of his life on death row. Oh, and mind you, when the manager like gives his, the description of the man that robbed him and tried to murder him. Oh yeah. yeah. He said he's like five foot 11. Mm-hmm. Like, what did he say? Like, I don't even know how many pounds. Know. Yeah. He but was- it was. Ray is six foot two and he weighed, he said that he weighed like a good, like 40 pounds on like what the description of the person was it like, just, it was a significant amount. Yeah. And it shows you that, like, I knew this before, but it just shows you that the human mind is not, especially someone who's been through what this man yeah. went through. I'm not trying to take yes. anything away from him, but it does show you like, eventually you learn that he was shown a lineup and the cops um, initial and Ray's picture. Yes. And Reggie had given the manager Ray's name. He said, oh, I ha- I know a guy that matches that description. Yeah. So, so he, he already not- knew he already knew Ray's name. And then the picture of Ray had his initials on it. So, yes. But what I was getting at with his size was that the size of this fucking death row so, cell. Yes. Yes. That is a very good. But point. yes, I mean, that was all important, too, because, yes, yes, like this man was given no. his name. The whole lineup was like, or the picture lineup at least was a whole scam. And I think probably this dude trusted in the cops the same way that Ray trusted in the cops. Exactly. And thought and they were also, doing their job. if he's a white man, he might have been a little bit racist. Yeah. And also, maybe didn't care. Kind of like what they said. One of your 
brothers, quote unquote, did it. I don't know, because I feel like if someone shot me, I would want that person, not someone else. Well, we'll also get to that. Um, okay. Revenge killings. Right. <laughs> but anywho, the size of this so. death row cell is five foot by seven feet. I know. I When I watched it in your view today and he said that, it finally clicked for me. I was like, that's literally a little bit taller than me and a little bit taller than Nick. Like, yeah. if you were to so lay So if you down. and Nick lay, like, with, like, you know... For to make 30 a years, yeah, one hour a day outside in a cage, in a cage, and then what a shower every Showers. few days. You have to be showering with two, like another person. The guards and watch guards. you the whole time. Yeah. You eat your food. There's not even like prison, like you think of where you go out into the common room and like you kind of walk mm-hmm. around. You literally on death row, they're all in their own cages, literally cages. Yeah. With rats and roaches. And he says something like the rats and roaches get to come freely and I don't. And it yeah. broke I know. my motherfucking I know heart. that like vermin and things that people like spit on have more freedom than this innocent man. Oh, sickening. As he has gotten on death row, and I get that going through that makes you change going through that knowing you're innocent and you're with these other people makes you change. He says that literally everything kind of washes away. He's on death row with these, I think like 40 something other people. They're all in cages. They can't really see. They're all like facing forward for the first three years. He doesn't speak not to anyone other than his mother and Lester who come every single week. And his mom asks him every time she comes, when are you coming home, baby? Sarah. I know. And he lies to her and says, soon, mom, and I just can't. Well, because obviously once he understands how long the process actually takes. Yeah. But I think in his heart, he truly did think it was going to be soon because he still knew that he was an innocent man. And And he goes goes through like anger and hate. Yeah. He literally pictures murdering murdering the (laughs) prosecutor. And I find this part so important because- Eventually, he does get to forgiveness and hope. But yeah. I'm glad that he like was like, listen, I'm human. He loses faith in God for a little while. Yeah. He literally is like, if God knows I didn't kill this man, why didn't he make it so that I'm free? Like, yes. He goes through a very real thing. And it's a dark place where he's secluded every fucking day of his life. Yeah. Their routine is that they get up and at three and eat breakfast they eat lunch at 10 and then they eat dinner at two. two like we said they shower every couple it's very strict their time is not their own their body is not their own like and he knows he didn't do it yeah. so he goes through a really dark period and i'm grateful that he put that into the book and didn't gloss over it because yeah because those are all valid natural. yes exactly i think anybody in that situation would feel similarly at yeah as to how he because if he had just dumb jumped to like oh god get me through this straight away i probably would have been like right if he okay. didn't feel that <laughs> anger and that yeah. you know he was mad and he had every right to be mad look at what this system was doing to him and continued to do to him throughout appeals because you know you have and i get it his appeals kept like going through different courts, like the regular court, the Alabama Supreme Court, yeah, and like it, they just kept bouncing crazy. around. The amount one that I didn't know about the court system is insane, but to the time, 
that the courts take away from people because all this yeah. time he's sitting there hoping for something. Yeah. It takes them a year to file this motion and then six months to get a judgment on it. And then just literally, this is how he ends up 30 years in because the court system takes so much time yeah. for a man who, once you're convicted, you like you have a right to a spe- speedy trial and everything kind of before you're convicted is fine ish. Like maybe ish. a year. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Depends, it's as fast yeah. as they can. Everything after that is like, well, you're absolutely fucked. I've yes. heard somewhere like even proving you're innocent. They eventually say that like proving you're innocent isn't a reason for you to get an appeal or a new trial mm-hmm. because you're already been found guilty. Yeah. So that saying you're innocent is not proof that you need a new trial, which is blew my fucking mind. Yeah. The amount like all the things that you have to do to get a new trial. Yeah. And especially in like this case, it just hurts my heart so badly Mm -hmm. because we know that this man didn't do it. And it's just a consistent cycle of no one giving a fuck in the court system because he was saying he's already convicted. He's already convicted. He's already. He mentions it during his trial that, you know, you're supposed to it's innocent until proven guilty. Mm -hmm. But he said, like, he felt from the moment he stepped into that courtroom, he was guilty and had to prove his innocence, which is not the way it's supposed to be. Um, And then it just made it even harder because. Now he truly has to prove his innocence in all these fucking crazy ways, jump through all these hoops with like, it's harder. I feel like because he won, I mean, with his original attorney who he did eventually like eventually (laughs) eventually after he learned, well, I don't know. I think he only learned that years later, eventually after he kept pushing him for more money. Yeah. He was like, I can't, I have no money. He wanted his mom to mortgage her house. Yeah. And he calls Lester and he's like, do not let this man near my mother. Do not let him speak to her because he finds out that, well, because he finds out that his mom is writing, um, his lawyer letters. Right. I don't think he learns about the money until later, but yeah. Yeah. But she, he does. Eventually he learns that his mom was sending $25 every time she wrote this man a letter. Right. And to, and she had Ray, it was literally like that was, everything to her it's that, literally means that some bill is not getting paid because there is no extra yes. money that's how i and, grew up like you can't there is no wiggle room mm-hmm. in that for you exactly. send, especially back then 25 dollars. yeah it was a lot of money is, and he knew what he had said about the one thousand mm-hmm. dollars like ray knew that he was like a thousand dollars is nothing yes. so he's sitting there like knowing that this man's probably like getting these 25 dollar money orders and is like like oh Oh, like, and you can not appreciative, not seeing like, that like if she was doing that with Brian Stevenson, yes, this man, one, whoever would have kept we the will, money, we will but get to him because it just shows like, uh, I don't know, that man it just shows what a scumbag so he is. He is the worst, but yes, <laughs> it's like a, the literal you have these stereotypes for a reason sometimes when you yeah. think of. Uh, public defender this mm-hmm. guy is what you think of to a fucking t and you this book puts letters a lot of letters um in where you can read what was sent to ray and oh god i just got more infuriated every time yeah. this fucking lawyer sent him a goddamn letter because it was like he oh we lost not, but he i didn't really, care yeah he's like i really think we can win the next one if you just get me money 
And then he's like, I know a lot of things we can do differently. And Ray's like, why didn't you do that during my original? Yes. 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 Good. Like if you know all this stuff, like then why didn't you just fucking do it, bro? All right, I'm in a range spin again. But, yeah, so eventually so, he gets rid of this man. He gets, and then he's literally just stuck with no hope. And yeah. he's living his life on death row. And this comes, this was a very big uh, thing for me because I wasn't sure what we were getting into when we were getting into this book. Like, right. I didn't know if it was going to be all about the before his trial and then a little mm-hmm. bit about death row, but a large right. majority of this book was about death row. And this puts it into fucking perspective perspective like he's talking about how you just become people on death row his best friend was the last white man put on trial for lynching yeah a young black kid and eventually they eventually this dude obviously comes to the realization that what he did was fucking wrong mm-hmm. and he it regrets it and he's ray talks about how he was taught to hate because his dad was in the kkk and like it just doesn't matter to him. Yeah. To Ray. These people are people. They know that they're getting an execution date. They watch the uh, prison the guards, guards practice. practice. Like he feels for them what he feels for himself. And he takes mm-hmm. away whatever they did. He had people he knew, like one of them raped and killed an old lady. And I'm not saying by any means, we get to a quote later on in the book that puts it into better words than I can. Because these men deserve to be punished. But I started to understand that that doesn't mean you can take their life. Yes, exactly. So they just become hopeless men in a situation where they know they're going to die someday soon. And they're just people in this place together. And truly just in the sense, too, of the innocent people that may be killed because of the death penalty. Yeah, that in it's. That in itself to me is enough to not have it. But then you go deeper into it. Like you're killing these people for killing people. Yeah. Who are we? Obviously. When I watched that TED talk with Brian Stevens, he was like, it gives us the right to um, make them accountable for their crimes. It doesn't give us the right to kill. Yeah. Because a kill is a kill. Exactly. But any like, yeah, just, yeah. So he's eventually (laughs) he talks a lot about, making family and home where he is yeah. and he mm-hmm. needs that. And he clings on to that. And these people become his support system. And they all talk about like their cases. Eventually they start a book club, which is yeah. just the best fucking thing I've ever I heard. Know. They pass around. They're not allowed to have books in their cells, but Ray kind of like finesses it. So they, they can have just two books. So they have people send them to the death row and then they pass it around and they have fucking book club talk. And it's so so real because they're talking about uh what is it shot it from a mountain right come yeah. shot it from a mountain mm-hmm. and it's where you see how ray feels about his friend henry and how much henry comes to know yeah how fucked up his whole life was and what he yeah. did was so wrong because he, it's in this book club it's two white men five black guys they're talking about a very racially charged book mm-hmm. and for a while henry's like hesitant to put his two cents in but eventually he talks about how what this kid in the book was taught is just the opposite like right 
the kid in the book was taught that white people are always coming for black people and they hate them and they're going to hurt them someday. And Henry was taught that black people are always coming for white people and like yeah. same thing, but opposite. So you get a, a perspective into that, not just into Ray's story, but Henry's story. And I thought that was really yeah interesting. But yeah. he, he talks about how it's real because there was what, six guys in the book club? Six, including Ray was seven. Yeah, so there was like six guys, and then just one by one, they kept getting sent to the electric chair, and each space would be empty. They yeah, would never they fill it with not. anyone else. Mm-hmm. And that's a fucked up image. Yeah, it's so I sad. I know. Until eventually they couldn't do the book club anymore, but they would just have it like impromptu book conversations. Yeah, they would just start talking style. about it. Just. And that's so amazing. Shouting it in death row, just talking to each other. Shouting out in their tiny ass cell. Shouting yeah. out what they think about Scout from To Kill a Mockingbird. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's so amazing. I and know. Ray gave them that. Because for the I longest know. time, they just didn't have that. And Ray gave them that. He gave them an escape like he did. And he talks about how in his mind for a long time, he would kind of disassociate. And he would travel. And he would see mm-hmm. the queen. And he'd marry Holly yes. Berry. And then he'd divorce yeah. her for Sandra Bullock. And that literally kept him alive yes. for years. And that he wanted these. Yes. Because he knew that a lot of these like men weren't even that educated, some of them. Right. And so they didn't have the same capability to travel in their mind like because they did. just yeah. didn't really know. And so he wanted these books just so they could even think about something else. Yeah. Because all you can have is a religious text of some sort. And mm-hmm. that was it. And he's like, they, we need more than this. These guys need an escape. Because he always had this hope that he was getting out of there because yeah. he knows that he's innocent. So I think he was able to, one, he's done it his whole life. He talks about it, how he's always like traveled in his mind. So it's just something he's always done. But I think it, you know, obviously there are times where you feel like hopeless, which he talks about too, but he always had that, that like little glimmer, like I'm getting out of here. So he wanted to give them, yes, majority of them were not getting out of there, but at least they can take their mind elsewhere and think about something else for a little bit because eventually you get the day that you're going to be killed. Yeah. And that's all you a think A month about. ahead of time. And, and they move you to a different cell. So he just they- wanted to give them just a little bit of something because like you said, they're trapped in these places in this cage. They go outside to another cage and Ray even had got them more time on the yard they talk about. Yeah, um, he got them like an extra 15 minutes out there, but you're still in a cage outside. 15 minutes out of 23 hours, like, like yeah. versus 23 hours uh-huh. or 22 and 45. Yeah, so I think, yeah, yeah, <laughs> now they have like 22 hours outside of which is their cell. <laughs> great, but also sad as fuck, yes, exactly. So the book club, he was like his way of giving them at least a different kind of hope, but still hoping in some way. Yeah, and he does that. Um, so we talked about how the guards practice. Yeah. And basically they do. God, it's like fucking Green Mile and I can't with that I movie uh, without crying. It, they practice, they do the, and then they uh, bring the guy, whoever it is, to the electric chamber and they strap him in, shave his head, put a bag on his 
had and electrocute him, which is all fucking horrifying and terrifying and crazy. But as they're doing this, Ray wants to give them something to let them know they're not alone because you're waiting in death with a black bag over your head Mm -hmm. and him and all the other guys on death row bang on the bars. And that becomes a very big thing. Like, yeah, just to show. Yeah. Not only the person dying, we're with you and we remember you and like, no matter what you did, we're still here. And, but also I think give Ray hope that other people are with him too. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, he's not alone in this experience, even though it's a fucked up situation. He's not alone in that situation. But he, the banging on the bars things got me every single time. I'm crying for these men. This is what I'm talking about. Like, I'm crying for these men that killed somebody or put a hit on their wife. I'm crying for them because this is a horrible experience. And yes, they did something horrible. But now I'm just thinking like, Exactly, but a does life it is make still us, a life, and that does it what, make us them to do that to them? Uh-huh. Like, there's a there's a um, quote. He says something about it's supposed to be uh, the people's choice to put someone to death. Like you're representing the people when you condemn yeah. somebody to death. Mm-hmm. But what if I asked you, Larry, what you thought about putting people mm-hmm. to death? What would your choice be? Yeah. And that hey, just, I'm going to kill this person for you. Like Personally, yeah. Yeah. It's in your name. I'm doing mm-hmm. this is basically what he says. And no one fucking wants that. Right, like, exactly. Because like you said before, it's something you can. Oh, yeah. I'm, you know, put them to death. You don't have to think about it. Yeah. You can you disassociate know? it from it. Just and like, but when it actually is like personal, your like face. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So just the whole description of being on death row puts you in that place, that time, how Ray was feeling. And he literally lived for visits with his Lester, who this man was a bitch. You better be a Lester to me. If I ever get. You are a Lester to me. (laughs) Lester (laughs) rode with this dude throughout his entire jail and never lost He never missed a visit. Never missed a visit. He would drive six hours. Yes. Six to seven hours every day after he would get off like overnight shift sometimes Mm -hmm. and at first his mom was coming with him then his wife started coming with him and and he seems like such a beautiful person yeah there's like a moment in time between both of them where lester doesn't really tell uh ray that he got married because he doesn't want to put it in ray's face like i'm out here living my life Mm -hmm. and ray's like it's okay like i'm not trying to take anything from you just because i'm in here god they're yeah she starts like coming with them and she loves ray just as much and she wants him out of there and i just i like love her i love lester and i love their moms lester's mom came every time yes until she couldn't anymore but eventually they started getting older the moms kind of have to take a step back this is just quickly, this is why I'm quitting. Um, I texted Sarah before this book yeah. began, and I said, if his mom dies before he gets out, I, I'm not ever reading another book again because they're fighting from page one. I was like a chapter in when I sent that to yeah. you. Yeah, from page on. one, their love and family and connection and her support of him and his just like faith in her. And it was so fucking moving that I thought life cannot be that unfair that this woman would not see her baby outside of jail again. And she dies of cancer yes. before she gets to know that he was set free. Yes. Uh, first of all, I have goosebumps. I literally have goosebumps. And I am 
go to cry and I'm going to rage cry. I cannot handle the fact that these people came every fucking weekend to visit him, knew he was innocent and had to see him go back into that prison every goddamn time. Every time. And then eventually she was too sick to even visit towards the end. And they did Mm -hmm. what we do. And they were in denial land. And he kind of acted like he didn't know why she couldn't come visit him. And like he understood, but he was not admitting to himself that she was dying. He didn't want to admit it. Yes. And then she fucking dies. And And when she she dies, he loses his will to fight. This is after he, we'll get to Brian in a second, his attorney. This is after he's actually kind of making moves in his case. Yeah. When he loses his mom, he thinks about committing suicide, which is something he's been talking about not wanting to do. Yeah. For like 20 years at this point or something. I can't Mm -hmm. remember exactly how far. Yeah, because he always kind of says, like, it would be easier for me to take my life than let the state take it. Yeah. But he never really wants to do it because he, like we say a thousand times, he he just wants to get out of there. Yeah, he he just wants to walk out. And he knows that he's innocent. but. At this point, he loses. Yes, I so understood deep. that so yeah. fucking deeply. Yeah. It was heartbreaking for me. Yeah. But then, like, he hears her and he sees her. Yeah. So and... he has a moment where basically he hears a voice telling him, like, don't let these people win. Don't let yeah. them kill you. You kill yourself. And he basically, mm-hmm. like, says it's the devil telling him, like, give up. Like, you're nothing. You're not worth anything. Yeah. And then he hears his mom's voice and she's yes. like, I did not raise you like that. Uh-huh. You are not a quitter. And I could just picture this little yes, lady. He I always know. talks about her Sunday dress. And I could literally uh-huh. picture her just decked to the nines. Yes. Just whipping his ass into shape. And like, you yeah. better not give up. Because at this and point, I- he was making like progress of some sort. And he did yes. have more hope for it. But I got it, dude. I understood like, it. A f- years prior to that moment, he felt like his case was done. Mm-hmm. There was no more case. And he was starting to accept that he was going to die on death row. And he was telling Lester, uh, I don't want my mom to know when you guys come visit, come visit, take her, and then tell her after it's done. Oh, like, I don't yeah. want her to know what's I happening. Tell her it's everybody has a time to die. It was my time. And he's saying, use the words that she's told us. And just keep telling them when it's her. my time She'll to be, go. It's my time it's, to go. Yeah. And then she says it like when he hears her after this moment, she's saying that she said, it's not your time. Everybody has a time. It's not your time. You're not going to die there. And she's telling him all these things that I don't even know how many years prior at this point, because this man unfortunately spent so much of his life on death row, but it was quite a few years prior. Mm-hmm. And those words that he felt like he was going to have to use on his mom for her to accept his death. She was saying, no, son, this isn't happening. Yeah. You don't accept your death there. Cause it's not like you are not meant to die in that place. Oh, and it's just like, it just really touched me. Yeah. So I'm never reading another book again. <laughs> yeah. my heart and she a- says too, like, well, I say she, but he, his he hears image her. of her. Yeah you knew I had cancer. You just never wanted to talk about it. And he's like, yeah. Like, and that's when he, like, that's in, in the book, that's when we, like how we learn she passed away. But I think too, in his real life, that's when he admitted to himself that he knew all those years because she, he talks about how she was starting to lose her memory and her hair was getting thin and just all these signs. 
And I think that's probably what he admitted to himself that he knew all that time. He just didn't want to feel it. And he, cause who would, <laughs> because like you said, she kept her love and her like belief in him kept him strong for many, many years. And I think even after her passing, it's still, you know, he still wanted to go home. Yeah. And he, you know, he has a very strong relationship with God and he's very spiritual and religious. And I think that he knows for him that his mom is there and sees him and he's out and that's what he wanted. Jesse's having a moment. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just know, like, (laughs) I know, I know, you know, like I really to watching your mom slip away, but like, yeah, yeah. at least got to see that and help yeah. her through that. And, and I loved my mom just every bit as much as he did. And I just can't imagine something stopping me from being there for her. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I know that's really, it's hard in anybody's situation, but for something like that, it's a different level Yeah, that you don't really know unless you're in it. All right. We have to go back. Cause I can't, all right, so we have to backtrack and go. So the last thing we talked about um, was basically he had this shitty ass lawyer and yeah. he told him to take a fucking hike. And some yeah. guy told him about Brian Stevenson, but he didn't really even think about it because at this point he's kind of lost and depressed yeah. because he was let down so magnificently mm-hmm. by this fucking asshole. But Brian Stevenson sends him a lawyer. Sends him a lawyer. He's never met Ray, knows his story, obviously, but isn't really super familiar with it until later on, but he sends a fucking lawyer for him without even really like questioning whether Ray did this or not. He's like, Mm -hmm. you're on death row. You deserve somebody to fight for you. So he sends, he like gets a a legal visit and he goes and it's this woman. And she's like, Oh yeah. Attorney. Yeah. He's he's like, like, who hired you? And she's like, (laughs) uh, Mr. Stevenson sent me. He's like, how did he know about me? She's like, he knows everything. And I was like, Oh, I got chills there. And it's just like, it's honestly pretty poetic because we'll get, as we said a thousand times now, we'll get more into Brian Stevenson, but he is this beacon for Ray. And I think him walking into this room and not even like knowing that he's about to have this lawyer sent from Brian Stevenson. I just think it's so poetic because he goes into this room and he's just like, oh my God, I have a lawyer. And not yeah. only does he have a lawyer, it was sent from this man whose name he has heard a bunch of times. Yeah, because he's all over death row. And, and it's uh, just, Alabama. not just Ray's death row, but like other jails yeah. too. He's mm-hmm. literally, and this guy is not, I think he's actually younger than Ray. Yeah. This lawyer is literally also abate me <laughs> like yeah but yeah starting he, out he on cares his, he cares yeah. about people so, the, so he sends her this he sends ray this this female lawyer and she does kind of some work from for a while and then she gets a new job she goes away he sends a no another lawyer for him so he's just like having his back all together yeah this guy's kind of a douche canoe he's excited yeah. one day he comes in and he's like oh i think i got you this deal where you can have life in prison and ray's like mind you he's been working now on ray's case for seven years this man Yes. This has been, so after the woman was like resigned from race case because of her new job, he got this new man from this, from him getting him until this deal, he was with Ray as his lawyer for seven years. And this is what he gets him. And he's not even, (laughs) he feels like, even though he's coming from this lawyer who doesn't believe in the death penalty, I think that's literally uh, where this guy's at, not trying to 
stop the death penalty. Exactly. Basically. He doesn't care if Ray is innocent. Right. And he he's doesn't, not the kind of person who listens to Ray's story and know that. Exactly. He, he doesn't really him. make an effort to know him on a personal level. So we're getting level. steps away from his first lawyer, but not leaps away yes, from his first exactly. And he literally says, no, I'm innocent. I would rather die than be admitting in court that I did something I didn't He says, if you get me life without parole, then that's it for me. Right. And exactly. He has to give up kind of his claim that he's innocent. He has to admit to something he didn't do to get the steal to save his life. And he said, I don't, I don't, I don't care about the death. I care about my innocence. I, I don't want to be in jail. Right. Whether it's death row or just I know I didn't do this. I should not be here. Yes. So he cuts this guy loose. He walks away. He literally says, you're fired. You're not my lawyer anymore. And he's again. And the guy's like, huh? Yeah. This guy's confused. He's like, I just got you this great deal. What are you talking about? No. Like, yeah, maybe for an actual guilty person, that's a great deal. But not for somebody who did not. Not saying like that's nothing because like not dying is cool and all. But he literally knows he did not commit this murder. Or exactly. these murders in this. If crime. Ray was an actual murderer, like that'd be cool. a different story. Yes. But he's in this again little space where yes. he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And then he yes. just puts it all in front of Brian Stevenson. He yeah. sends him a letter with his and, case notes mm-hmm. and stuff. And he calls him up. He's like, I don't have a lot of time. I just need you to promise me. He like keeps saying, Promise me you'll read my letter. Promise me you'll read my letter. Oh my God. I'm yeah. gonna cry for the rest of this book. And yes, I mean, it's safe and to say that Brian reads his letter. He's <laughs> a fucking angel. And he yes, comes dude. to the jail, meets Ray, and he's with Ray for many years, too. He this ends is up not literally becoming Ray's friend. Like, yes, he this cares is not about a slow him. process. No, we, and um, we've already been at this point. He's already bounced from court to court. But even to the point where Brian comes in, he, then he starts to go from one court to the other and back yeah. down and back up again. And he's exactly. literally fighting Brian, who is an amazing lawyer, is yeah. fighting all of these things. And they're just basically saying, no, he's already been proven guilty. That's it. Yes. This this evidence was already The prosecution admitted. at one point <laughs> yeah, says, because this is years later, again, he's on death row, says it's not worth the time to open it up mm-hmm. again. Yes. We're talking oh my God, about yes. a man. And this, I think this has been 19 years at this mm-hmm. point. Um, and yeah, that's what they say. Oh, it's already, it's already been 19 years. And they say it's too fucking late. He's already been convicted. He should just, we're like, we're we're done with it. I'm sorry. It's not your fucking life on the line. You don't get to be done with it. You also don't get to give him a completely shitty trial where the laws of everything is broken and it's biased and racially charged and yeah you don't get to do that and yeah. say but we're done with it you we're know it's already it. been 20 years Who that's cares? like stabbing someone and being like well i forgive me yeah i don't care yeah. if you forgive oh me. it happened 15 years ago it's fine <gasps> what's the point of bringing it back up <sighs> i can't What's the point? Just left and right, they slap this man down, and he yeah. still keeps pushing for his freedom. He still yes. says, I know I didn't do this. I know I'm going to walk out of here. Yes. Left yeah, so this right. is still, like, a long and turbulent road, even with Brian, just because that's how the system is. But Brian comes to see him, like, any chance he gets. And Ray's not his only client. No. This oh. man is working many other cases, but that- any chance he gets, he'll come see Ray. I'll write to Ray. 
and tell him, oh, I'm go- I'm trying to come see you before. Like he's very transparent with Ray and yeah. they, and he takes, like his- you said, they form a friendship. Ray walks in and he's like hesitant because his first, I think his Preco is the name of his first attorney. His first perhaps. attorney. Yeah. Preco's some- the town. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like perhaps you know. I didn't even care to say it because I mean, yeah, I don't that. care. Anyways, <laughs> this dude, like every time Ray would be like, "Hey, I need to help in my case," or "Here's my opinion," he would get shot fucking yeah, down. Yeah, he was. He would try to give him because he was like, "Have somebody do the drive." Right. He gave him a during the trial. They think that Ray somehow scaled the fence, got away from the guards, drove here, did this, did that. And it's not physically possible. And Ray's like, have somebody do that. And then tell me that they get back at the same time that I signed out. Like, it's not physically possible. And the guy's like, I'm your lawyer. Yes, exactly. Ray's been slapped down a billion times. Fuck that dude. Anyways. And he says to Brian, and he says something along the lines of like, oh, if you want my help. And Brian's like, yes, like we're partners. Right. Exactly. So that shows you Brian that. knows that but this Ray, man's life is <laughs> Ray also knows what needs to be done. He literally yes. says to Brian, listen, this is what I want you to do. Yeah. I want you to get experts. Yeah. I want you to get top tier guys. I want you to get Southern experts. I want you to get them to be white. White. <laughs> exactly. I want them to want to put me away. I want them to have every reason yes. to find I out. I want that them these- to look at me and be like, black man. Right. Guilty. So he gets a dude from Texas. So that's, I mean, on par with it, but he gets two <laughs> other people and he's like, they have to look at these. Yes. He, uh, want, he wanted these he racist white to, men. Like, and he needs <laughs> some kind of weight behind the fact that these yes. bullets don't match. Yes. He exactly. needs someone to counteract. Right. Because he knows that if these mostly white jury hears these white men saying that, no, these bullets don't match, they're going to believe it more. Right. So he knows that they're coming from the South because he says they don't really trust Yankees. They don't really trust these people. Like, so yeah, he already knows exactly what to cater to. Yeah. He He spent 20 years of his goddamn life thinking about it. Like even before that, even growing up, he had to deal with things of that nature. So he's just been. And Brian fucking listens and that's. Yeah. I don't it's that seems like you know when you've been in an abusive relationship and like the normal mundane things uh after it's but like seems completely huge because yeah and it's, it's like the little thing it's the littlest win so yes. to speak but it seems like that's the biggest. exactly what was happening that is him. so true <sighs> I could scream forever it's just insane so we go through like you said he's with him a long time it's not like Brian comes in and solves the fucking case and he gets brian gets shot down left and right they're filing new evidence and the they this is what fucking confuses me and does not make goddamn sense so they're filing all these cases and hearings and ray eventually gets to go to a hearing about the evidence to watch brian fight his fucking battle and it's the same judge and that doesn't fucking make sense to me because it's still their case Mm-hmm. on this case and like decided the stuff but it wasn't a trial by judge so i don't judge, care i don't it care. was jury so they're gonna like if it if he did get a new trial it would have been a new jury I and i don't care like because i think you this, already have like the prosecution i get what you're saying you already but, have it shut and closed in your mind but it wasn't a new not. trial it was an appeal so i don't care th- that's why it was the same prosecutor <laughs> a the new same ju- like- a new judge they should have literally judge 
judges well, specifically who yeah. just do like appeals and look at these other cases because this judge made rulings on what was admissible and inadmissible. Like we, yeah. we haven't even talked about the lie detector. I don't personally believe in lie detectors, yeah. but he passed his lie detectors. Yeah. And I, maybe like, back then it was up. still allowed in court. I don't really truly honestly yes, know. It was because it was a big deal yes it was a big deal that they didn't allow it in court so the judge has already made his rulings on these things on the evidence so he's biased already in any case 100 percent. he's biased already so they should have specific judges we know this justice system is broken that's one of the biggest points of this book is how broken i know that doesn't mean i don't want to change everything literally my way what i'm explaining doesn't mean i agree with it no and i know i'm telling you i don't give a shit about the logic this is how i feel and it's crazy but yes like it does like you have to go here then you have to apply for there then you have to do this then you have to do that yeah and then you have to go back down once because he eventually like this, gets to the state le- there's county of, level state level and federal level yeah so he eventually gets to the state level of the supreme uh the alabama supreme court supreme. and mm-hmm. in a weird uh not weird totally valid but in a um like landmark kind of thing three of the five judges yeah said that he needed a new trial but because it has to be unanimous no wasn't it it was three to two right of sure? the five judges hold on because it was ruled against him but he said two people believed him for the first time oh you're right yeah so i think okay, it was I'm five judges that. and two of them ruled in favor of ray and three of them right. ruled against ray but to him he was still excited because Somebody Two believed people him. believed him, and that yeah. was really more than he's ever gotten, other than his mom and Lester. Right, and eventually he's Brian's even disheartened by how much they keep getting struck down, and yeah. they have a really hard time. Where the last, uh, last whatever file, um, I'm really bad at that, but like whatever motion they put forward was struck down, and Brian has a really hard time with it because he feels like he's fighting for this man who's going to die and he 100% believes he's innocent. So they take a little break. Ray tells Brian, like, have the weekend. Oh, yeah. Oh, my fucking God. This scene broke my goddamn heart. He's like, don't think about my case. He's like, Ray, this is Ray's assistant. This is Ray's assistant. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Stevenson, Ray is saying you need to go enjoy your weekend. Mm -hmm. Don't think about Ray because he's not thinking about you. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it was so it's such a like friend thing to do. Yes. Like, to he, Ray said he heard like the pain and the anguish yes. in Brian's voice. Yes. And at that moment he was just like, no. Right. So Brian comes back from this actual weekend off and he's like, I feel good. But here's the thing. We can repeal this and go through the same things we've been doing and go through all that. Or we can just straight up go to the US Supreme yeah. Court. He said we could go to huge. the Supreme Supreme Court right now. And if we do, we have one shot at this. One shot, exactly. It's one, one shot. shot or you we are can saying doing what we're doing, which is going to take and years. Bounce from here to here to here mm-hmm. to there to there. So, so you only get one shot. You get more chances if you keep bouncing. <laughs> yeah. So you only get one shot, one opportunity. <laughs> Start busting <Exactly>. it. <laughs> Eventually, they decide together that the Supreme Court is the way to go. Yeah. Ray's like, we're doing this. And, and Brian's like, we're doing this. <laughs> the Supreme Court, who hardly ever do this, say he needs a new trial. Because Brian yes. says to him, like, don't get your hopes up. Like, most of the time they say no. 
Everything yeah. was held the way it should. The Supreme Court says he needs a new trial. So he's transferred out for the first time to an act just to a jail, to a county jail, where he gets to have a bigger cell and walk around and use the and conference. like have in a small way more freedom than he's had. In and like he's the last 29 years. Literally <laughs> like saying to the guys on death row as he's leaving, like, look, I told you I was going to get out of here. Like, you just have to have faith and hope. You have mm-hmm. to feel like one day you're going to walk out of here, too. Oh God! It and so he cool. says he like tells them like he's going to like fight for them. And right. Like he never. I mean, we'll get to we'll get to that. I will just we'll just leave that at that for now. <laughs> okay. So he walks out of this place with just the hope that he's going to get a new yes. trial. Yeah. Like he doesn't even think like he's like, I'm ready to fight this time. I got Brian. I yep. know it's going to be exactly. Like, he's, and he's like, not on death row. So just right. the weight of that probably like breathed a new life into him. Right. He's finally because got he's still in a jail years. and he's still quote unquote in a cage, but compared to the cage he was in. Yeah. To him, it probably seems like a fucking like palace. Right. It, it's a vacation and that's, for him at this point. And like, that's what's so like sad to think about. Yeah. That this man just went from a prison to a jail and in his, like that probably was mm-hmm. such a big deal. Yeah, it's sad. Well, this it's, man should have just been at his house this whole time. But yeah, we can't. Anyhow, anyhow, anyhow. I can't talk about it because I can't get into that again. <laughs> he's uh, he's, he's there. He's at the county jail. And what do they goddamn do, Sarah? Well, let me tell you. Jesse. Walk me through it. Tell me on, Tell me the story. On the 1st of April, it, also known as April Fool's Day. <laughs> I thought this was so. He uh, gets a phone call from his lawyer, Brian Stevenson. And he says he like hears something in Brian's voice, but he's trying not to get a sofa. Yeah. But he like hears something. He thinks it's like just a good news about. Yeah. Like, it's like good news about the trial. trial and yes. This. And, but, and, but he like, yeah. he's just like, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Brian Stevenson, Stevenson tells Ray that these motherfuckers dropped the charges. After fucking 30 fucking years. Why? Why did they drop the charges? Because they said, well, yes, but yeah. they filed and said, yes, we cannot prove anymore yes. that these bullets link him yes. to any fucking yes. thing. Yes. That's, they even yes. at one these point. These same experts, the same experts they even that at ruled one for point the prosecutors. Accused Brian of stealing the bullets for a little while. Yes. Did you see that? Yes. The gun, okay. they couldn't, they quote unquote couldn't find the evidence. And then the gun they and the eventually bullets. found it. And they Anyways. were like, oh, Brian stole them. And they had to go through these things to prove that they checked it back in. But yes. So these same people who ruled that these were the bullets that did these crimes 30 years prior that got Ray sent to jail said, mm, you know what? We can't conclu- conclusively say that that's what it is. My question is, and I understand you're going to tell me the logicalness. I just need to, I just need to say this. And I need you to just not give me the logical. If they knew they could not prove it, why Mm -hmm. during the appeals process before they went to the goddamn Supreme court, did no one see that and say, okay, if you, if this is the only evidence we have and it cannot be proven today while you're appealing it, there needs to be a new trial. Yes. Well, I'm not, you asked me not to give you the logical, but I'm going to, because these <laughs> men were racists. 
They I just know. I know the answers to it. Care. I just need to say that out loud because also you already made the point that it's like all the same people. Yes, I know. So and like they said, oh, it's already been this long. They cared more. They talk about it. Ray talks about it in the book that in Alabama, getting reelected was more. It meant how many it, people you sent to death row. To death row, exactly. What so, the fuck does that say about you, Alabama? For fuck all off. these people, it was just about them staying in their office that they were in. People's lives were and, expendable and tradable for them, especially in that black so, in the southern states. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, it is especially if it's a black person, black man, especially. Um, as we know, but it was funny why I brought up that it was April 1st was because when Ray's oh, on the phone with Brian, yeah. he is like, this, this isn't is an really April bad. Fool's day, right? <laughs> yeah, like that would be really mean. <laughs> and yeah. Brian's like, so they no. Drop, they drop the case. They drop all the charges. Which, Brian comes and picks him up from jail like the next morning. Which is fine. Listen, it's a moment to celebrate. I'm not fucking taking that away. But these goddamn cowards knew if they went to trial he could be they proven were innocent. And if he was proven innocent, he could sue them. Yeah. So they dropped it and didn't retry them so they could say he was never actually proven innocent. So yeah. Even to this day, because I fucking Googled this shit. Yeah. Even to this day, they're stating that he's guilty. They just can't prove it. So he does not deserve compensation for the 30 goddamn years he spent on death row. So yes, this is a magical, beautiful thing, but it's still pisses. But this poor man, exactly. Yeah, I I agree. <sighs> I thought the same thing. I was like, I hope this man sues them for every single penny that yeah, that fucking county is worth. But he he's can't. in a thing. I googled it. He is in a thing yeah. trying to get compensation, but the state is saying you were never proven innocent, so we shouldn't have to repay you for that. So yes, yes, he is. Bullshit. But he gets. To walk with Brian out the doors yeah. of this jail and be and gets to outside. hug Lester for the they did, did you sometimes the guards would like look away and let you know him like hug his mom mm-hmm. and hug them and you weren't supposed to touch on death row but you know did, I think after so long you kind of have an understanding and build some trust as sick as it is because Ray talks about how these men are the ones that kill you but yes you also are their family um but anywho but he has to like on like actually just like hug his best friend and yes yeah 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 that's um, you can watch that on youtube Mm -hmm. you can watch that on youtube and i watched that today and i bawled my eyes out because they are so fucking happy yeah he is outside without fucking cages for the first time yeah and he talks about the rain yes the rain uh i just was telling jess because he talks about how He's just so happy. You know, when you see the rain all the time, you want to like run from it. You want to go inside. You want to be dry. And he just will sit outside and feel the rain. And I got so inspired from that yesterday. It rained for the first time in forever because I live in Southern California where it doesn't (laughs) rain. And I was at dinner with my husband. We were at a restaurant and I was just like, I have to go outside and I have to feel the rain. And I was just so inspired because as soon as I saw the rain, I thought of rain. I just, I had to do what he did and I had to have like that moment because he just, because it's true. It's It's these little things that you don't ever think about. So you take for granted the shit you have every day. Yeah. Yeah. 
-hmm. No, that's awesome. So he's kind of getting his life back. And that's kind of where we're ending the book is that he does, he tours, he talks about his experience. Uh, He has a rough time readjusting after uh, getting out. He has to sleep on the floor of a bathroom in Lester's house because he has a panic attack. Yeah, he like goes to the bed and he said it's like the softest bed he's probably ever laid on. And he can't sleep and he starts to have a panic attack yeah and he thinks he's having a heart attack and he's like this is is this really how it happens I I my first day of freedom I die and he goes into the bathroom and he feels himself coming down and he realizes that the bathroom's like almost the exact same size as the cell that he lived in on death row which is horrible but like common for people who read after prison especially after 30 years like fucking god and he no, said his I body was still on like that times, but I cannot get over 30 years. That's I know. Insane. Yeah. To this day, he says his body is still on the same schedule, waking yeah. up at three o'clock, eating 10 o'clock. Two and o'clock. for so long, he said he would think about the, like the, oh, people, the people back on death row. Yeah. So like, he said he found during out the day executions he, mm-hmm. and he would bang like outside. Yeah. He would his he would sit outside on his mom's patio and bang on the chairs and he like no, still knows the time of day so he's like oh they're doing this right now they're yeah. doing that right now and his mind just is still you can't escape part of years. like that's still like in a sick way he really does say he made his home there so yes that exactly. was his home for 30 years like mm-hmm. you can't just erase that no exactly and day. he truly did make the best of it that he could I mean I don't think that anybody not that anybody I don't think that everybody no who's innocent can go into that situation and have the same outlook I would be fucking bitter as shit I would still to the day I die have hate in my heart for that prosecutor for Reggie for those jurors for that judge for that other lawyer I'm not and he's forgiven all of them I am not like a good enough person to let that go and i don't love ending on forgiveness but i fucking love ray and i understand what he's saying he's like it doesn't hurt them that i hate them which is a very valid point and that's exactly because he knew that the the anger that he kept for those three years yeah he remembered that and he didn't like it because the only person it was hurting was him yeah the guards didn't like i mean they were like oh like Right. We know you can speak, but they didn't yeah. care that he wasn't talking. Like it wasn't bothering anybody. It was just causing him hatred in his heart. And he was like, I it was don't messing him up mentally. I don't and have it wasn't time for that. <laughs> affecting the fucking prosecutor. Exactly. It wasn't affecting anyone other than exactly. Him. So at the end of the day, he had to let it go to be healthy and okay. And I understand that, but yeah. I still hold on to it to the and day. And his and Lester bought the house next to Ray's mom's house, the house that he lived in with his mother mm-hmm. and the house, that house had, you know, sat for 10 years without anyone in it after uh, she passed away. Yeah. But Ray ended up getting it fixing and fixing it up. It up yeah. And, and he does he work there. with the like equal justice uh-huh. Alliance or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the, but he, yeah. Brian's. Yeah initiative equal yes, justice I yes, think, initiative. Initiative. That's, yes brian's foundation that helped the people on death row so mm-hmm. he does that he does tours he tells a story he, like he's met celebrities he's talking about how play he's playing basketball with george Clooney. yeah i like how that fantasy. exactly yeah. because the way it starts it's the <laughs> it's same way that his yeah. fantasies will mm-hmm. start because if you read this book you'll read his you know he'll read his little like dreams that he has and his daydreams and 
this chapter starts in that same way, but he's like, only this time I'm not dreaming. Yeah. It's, and so, he's, it's yeah. so awesome. And I, and he brings Lester on his trips with him because he, he says one day everywhere. he wants to buy him a brand new Escalade for all the miles he put on his car yeah. and pay him back. But for now, this is what he can do for him. So he does. It and he takes him on all of his the trips with him and they get to travel and see things. It's and- insane to me. And I Googled it. I looked it up because I was fucking curious. But Ray gets married. He does oh, have a wife. Yay. And I hope he's literally just having a beautiful, loving relationship. And just, I wish everything good for this dude. <laughs> everything yes. under the sun good for this dude. So, yeah. That's the end of the book. Please read this book. Uh, so, we're going to do something new. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go. We're going to start doing just our favorite Trust and believe when I say that we highlighted everything in this book, but we're going to pick our favorite quote. If the book was 300 words, I have 200 of them (laughs) highlighted. That's that's pretty much what we're saying. (laughs) Yes. Hold on. I'm going to, we're just going to say our favorite quotes and and not really talk about it. Just leave it there, I guess, uh, for at the end of the episode. So this one's kind of a long one, but... All right, so my favorite quote from this is when he's talking about uh, the convicts on death row, and he's talking about how some of them may have, like, fucked over the system to try and survive. He says, I didn't blame them. I couldn't blame them. Who wouldn't fight for their survival, for their right to live? And yes, the victims didn't have a chance to fight for their right to live. I understood that. What I didn't understand was how any killing could be justified. Man didn't have the right to take a life. The state didn't have a right to take a life either. They were killing us on behalf of the people. And I wondered what the people would really believe. And then there's a little bit more section in there. Life is beautiful, tragic, unbearable, and humane at times. The pain one man can cause another is limitless. But I didn't see, I couldn't see how creating more pain made anything better. (laughs) And that's kind of... I. From the beginning, I was, like, humbled about his experience, but I kept thinking, like, yeah, but what about these people who do these bad things? Yeah. And when I got to this quote in this section of the book, it just clicked with me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You go. This isn't, this is, I don't, there are so many good ones, so I wouldn't say that this is 100% my favorite, but to me, this is one that sums up the book and the uh, whole, like, thing that happened with him really well. Um, He says, like most death row prisoners, Hinton was presumed guilty before trial. Without money, political power, or celebrity, he was a nameless Black man imperiled by a system of justice that is shockingly tolerant of error, a system that treats you better if you are rich and guilty than if you're poor and innocent. Was that from Brian Stevens? Stevenson? Uh, must At the been. beginning of the book? It's on page 265. Oh. I don't know. I don't know who it's anyways, yes. But yeah. <laughs> that is the perfect summary of yes. yeah. what happened. You know, because so. that's true. Uh this <laughs> you know, he had the unfortunate luck of being born into a poor family and the color With of his no skin determined himself uh-huh. against just injustice that happened. So, to him. Yeah. And it says too, like uh a system that is a system of justice that is shockingly tolerant of error because like we said a thousand times. They cared more about just keeping the conviction than proving, uh, than admitting they made a mistake. Yeah. So 30 years of this man's life was spent because they just couldn't say we fucked up. 
until the Supreme Court was just like, you know what? Y'all fucked up. <laughs> I can't. I like. But yeah. Yeah. Um, those were two really good quotes, though. I would say, obviously, you know that our opinion is to read the book, but please read this book. Yeah. Um, Even if you don't read it to like talk to us about it, just read it for yourself because one, this man's story needs to be Mm -hmm. read because it will humble you and will make you want to go out and feel the rain. And just, it's just life. To me, it truly was like life changing. I already have. I already want to watch Just Mercy. Like I said, Just Mercy, that title is actually the title of Brian Stevenson's book. Book. Yeah, I saw that. I already Mm -hmm. have it fucking downloaded and I'm already (laughs) ready. Uh, Really quick. Yes. Because um, there's a certain point in this book where you get to the end and it still says there's like 60%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Afterward, Uh, it's him listing. Every person at the, at that time, 2018, that yeah. was on death row. Yes. Uh, and it got me thinking like, and he says, if even one of these names is innocent, think about it as your name and you're not. Yeah. Dead. Put your name in there. Put your daughter's name, your mother's name, your brother's name. Like I did like start to read. He said, read 10 he names said, and then say innocent. Not fucking a surprise. I did it for all of Alabama, but then I, I first I thought it was just the Alabama. Alabama there. was long. Texas and then was like ca- three pages. California. Was it really? Was fucking long as shit. But yeah, I did. And then I got to the end of Alabama and I was like, that was really moving, but I can't keep going. It's <laughs> draining. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. I was, I literally teared up like flipping through it because there were so many names that it was mm-hmm. literally upping the percent that I had read. That's how many fucking names there were. Yeah. It was insane. Okay. Back to. <laughs> All right. Back to All right. Um, so we are <laughs> done with that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening to it. I don't think we'll ever be truly done with it. Though. No, I'm gonna <laughs> I think it's always going to stick like with I said, me. <laughs> I got Just Mercy downloaded. I'm going to come back, but there's no but way. Yes. Time. Yeah. We'll probably revisit this and I'm sure we'll talk about it in future episodes just yeah. because it's one of those books. Uh, and let us you. know what you think so we can talk about it on first yeah first I hope give us all of your thoughts and opinions were you like me where you were maybe a little bit undecisive or were you like sarah where you knew for a fact how you felt let us know how you what you felt how you feel about it so um our next book is going to be gonna be a little bit different gonna be a little <laughs> bit different right now we especially from this <laughs> When you hear it, it's not going to be spooky season. But right now we're in spooky season. So we're going to do a little bit of a spookier book. All right. So we're going to do the real Amityville horror, the true story behind the brutal DeFeo murders. Yeah. This is a fun fact that's not far from where I lived on Long Island. Yeah, we'll get to it. I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah. So it's kind of. We're kind of, yeah, (laughs) like we said, for us, it's a little spooky season and we kind of wanted to just do something different. Uh, This was a a heavy one. Even the Jeff Davis eight was a heavy one. It was just a whirlwind of a book, but the whole case itself. So we were kind of ready to come out and do something that wasn't as. Not that this won't be heavy. There's still murder involved, but no, but there's like space between then and now. So yeah, it's easier to distance yourself from it the just more yes. goes in yeah. time um and someone was fucking put on trial for it and was actually anyway so yeah that's true a little bit of justice to that so we needed something where something okay ha- 
no, that's not what I'm trying to say. We needed, <laughs> we just needed, we just needed something. We don't we just needed know. something that wasn't going to make us cry, break us down. Yes. Yeah. Make us want to like, no, we ha- turn we off have the lights for a week. All this because we <laughs> yeah. not, no, it sounds like we're saying it's a lighthearted murder. I know. And it's, it's just a hundred percent. Yeah. Not. Okay. So yeah. I have to cut out this, but <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know either. I don't know how to explain why we chose it, but we chose it. So join, yes. We're going to talk about all of that. Join us to talk about Amityville Horror next time. We'll see you on the 1st for First Things First. Yeah. And then again on the 15th. So we look forward to talking yours off then. (laughs) Ridiculous. (laughs) All right. Bye. Goodbye.